welcome back to another episode of P.S. We Have Orders. This is the podcast where we exit our depressive comatose states together. <laughs> my name is Perry. Hi, my name is Shannon. How's everybody doing today? I mean, I'm doing well. I had my first good day uh, in a while because um, I I just made like a lot of random life choices, <laughs> I guess, like last minute. <laughs> um so I guess uh, I'll just jump yeah, in. Yeah, just, uh, you know, let the cat out of the back. Here we are. Yeah. A month ago, my or even two months, I don't even know. Some, time Some ago. amount of time ago, my manager was like, hey, like, did you ever want to become an assistant manager? I was like, I do. That's like, I would like to get promoted as fast as humanly possible. Thank you. Yeah, for those of you that don't remember, I am currently an accountant. I'm actually technically a senior accountant, but whatever. You're doing things and, with money. Uh, I do things with other people's money, yeah. Not my own money. Of course not. I was like, yeah. So then they put me up for uh, an interview for an assistant manager position at like a different office. I work for a pretty big company and they have multiple offices in my city. Uh, And it's like a further away office. So I had their interview, but I wasn't really expecting to get it. But the way that company promotes the like promotion process is kind of like getting your driver's license. Mm -hmm. Like it's very rare people make it on their first try, you know? It's kind of like that. So the way I saw it was like, well, I should get my first like initial interview out of the way with like a job I don't really want. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that that way, when a position opened up the downtown office, which is closer to me, I would be like prepared for it. So I had the interview. I didn't get it. I had like a feedback meeting, which is awesome. Which is really nice. And then like, I don't know, two days later, like two weeks ago now, three weeks ago, I get a message from the chick that met me there on my very first day there. She's in the training committee. Mm. And she shot me a message on Teams. She's like, hey, can I ask you a question? I was like, yes. Like, we don't work in the same department. But okay. I don't have any idea why you'd be messaging me unless, like, maybe, like, I I did something wrong. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Always the assumption you messed something up. Right. So she was like, "Um, I just have a question for you. Like, have you ever considered training as a career choice? And I was like, no, I haven't. I went to school to become an accountant, and I am an accountant. Yeah. And she goes, okay, well, would you be willing to have a longer conversation about it? Because we have a position that we think you'd be really good for. And I was just like, real, like, suspicious. <laughs> I was like, okay. Purposely trying to pull you in. Exactly. <laughs> so we scheduled, uh, like, a, we just called it a longer conversation mm-hmm. for the next day or whatever. And she was talking about this new position that they're actually creating. It doesn't, like, it hasn't existed before, where basically they've had so much growth over the last year that they've found that there's a really big disconnect between, like, the accountants and the training department. Makes sense. Because they'll implement new projects and stuff, and then the accountants, like, never take advantage of it or it turns out that was actually a really bad idea because it didn't actually help the accountants at all so basically they're creating this thing i don't remember what the position's called it's like senior training and development something or other some form of crossover between both basically basically um, it's basically like a liaison position where you would like take IT information and project information and translate it into useful stuff and then also kind of vice versa where if projects come down the pipeline they go hey would this be useful I can say like no um because you are you are an accountant you've you've done it you've been in the field how long right exactly well only four years but that's besides the point (laughs) more than me that's what I'm saying because no nobody in the training department has any accounting experience at all it's either project management or like training 
Yeah. Like admin. That's yeah. it. So I'm like, all right, I'm still not completely sold on this because I am literally like having interviews to become an assistant manager. Like my promotion path is laid out in front of me perfectly. Like I know exactly yeah. the next steps I need to take to get promoted. And if I do this, it's going to derail that. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I take this job, I'm giving up the assistant manager job basically. Yeah. It's a theoretical one at this point, but like it could be there. But it's fine because like I need an interview. So she's like, just think about it. I'm like, okay. I'm going to apply. I'm going to have the interview. Mm-hmm. At the very least, it's more good experience to have interviewing for when I apply to be yeah. an assistant manager. So I take the interview. It's like the next week. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anyone on my team because I was like, there's like a 10% chance this is actually going to happen. Yeah. I have the interview. It goes amazing. I talk to what would be my boss, and yeah. he tells me all about the project, and he talks about project management, which... For anybody that listens knows that's what my master's degree is in, yeah. is project management. It's basically like a subcommittee. The yeah. training department is like a sub-department of project management. Um, and he was talking about how they like share resources all the time and how, you know, basically project management is something I'd want to do. Like they could get me in the door with that. Yeah. Um, it was really good. We had a really good conversation. I felt really good about it. And I was like, I don't know if I still would take it because – Whatever. So basically, I I gave myself an idea of like a dollar amount. I was like, it would take this much money for, for me to leave the accounting field and go over because it's it is a risk because yeah, most you know I, it would you know I could potentially never make it out of the training department. <laughs> so I was like, okay, if they offer me this much, mm-hmm. okay. So then I also last minute decided to go snowboarding in Vermont with my friend. Uh, well needed vacation. Yes, although accounting in January, it's not always a great idea to take any time off in January, so I'm paying for it now. And I have a story about that, but later. Yeah, and I get a call while I'm like freezing my butt off on the ski mountain, and I call them back, and they're like, hey, we wanted to offer you the job. I was like, okay. I was like, in my mind at that second, being like, I don't even know if I want this. And I'm like, okay, it's going to come down to the money. Like, it's a job. This is a career. Like, I got to go where the money is. Yeah, yeah. And she offers me something well above what I had in my – I mean, like, yeah, like, to the point – I think I genuinely just sat on the ground. I was like, um, yep, like I will take that. Gagged. You send that email right over. <laughs> Thanks, ma'am. Yeah. So now everyone that I work for currently is pissed. Like, big mad. My assistant manager, who I, like, trauma bonded with over this last year, won't talk to me big much. (gasps) The new chick that I started training on the 4th of January, I now have to pretty much say, hey, I was going to slow you, ease you into this over the next three months, but now you have two weeks to learn everything I know. So I think it's fantastic. I guess it'll be five days after this episode drops. I am changing my job. I will no longer be an accountant. I will be a... I don't know what it is. I should really look that up. It's basically like research and development. No, I think that's fantastic. Because like sometimes like I think this kind of goes into like I know for me my career path has mm-hmm. dabbled so many different directions since high school. Right. Like when I was in high school, I thought I was going to join the military. I did JRTC for four years. That's how I mm-hmm. met my husband. I know. So cute. So romantic. Whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like – after kind of seeing it, I was I I literally took the um the what, map the not map I went and did Maps? the um yeah Maps? the their, their ASVAB. Test, yes ASVAB and like 
I didn't do well because I don't test well. And I feel like mm-hmm. that was kind of like the universe telling me, like, I Not don't right think now, this honey. is a good idea right now. Just hold hold your roll. Yeah. And from there, I've always worked retail on and off for the last, I don't know, 10 plus years at this point. And it's right. like, I've hit a point where I'm past the point of burnout, but to the point where I'm like, I don't care. Like, I care, but I'm like, I'm right. just done. I'm just really, really yeah. done with it. I'm done with people yelling at me for things that are completely out of my control. And when I'm just like, hey, man, I'm going to do the best I can on my side. And they're like, it's not good enough. I'm like, I've hit a point where I still think I still I I know this sounds horrible. It makes me sound like I don't have thick skin. But sometimes I take it personal when someone's like, it's all your fault personally. And I'm like, but it's not. Stop yelling at me. And like, I'm I, you know, like I said, I've done retail on and off this whole time. And like, I originally wanted to go military, didn't go military. And I was looking at going to cooking school, didn't go cooking school because I was like, I don't know if I want to drop like 40 plus K on a certificate. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to cooking school because my mom's like, how about we think on this before you just sign the dotted line and owe them a lot right. of money where we don't right. have the money for this. <laughs> and long story short, basically, after meeting you, Perry, I started going back mm-hmm. to school and did my associates Sorry. in general studies. Harry's <laughs> a bad influence. Sorry, I'm a bad influence. It's terrible, I know. But, like, I got my associates in general studies on purpose because I didn't know exactly what I want to do. And I was like, right. I love psychology, but I was looking at nutrition because it's still the crossover mm-hmm. between both. And it was still kind of dabbling. And it's like, I got, I just finished my bachelor's in psychology January 1st. Mm-hmm. And, like, as we're recording this, I'm in week two of my master's for social work. <laughs> I know yeah, last time we were recording, things, like, yeah. Yeah, you had to – you kind of had to, like, find that path. Yeah. And it's good that you didn't start and fail a bunch of things, you know? No, like, I, I just kind I, of, like, eagerly stood in the background, like, felt like I was almost, like, marching in place, like, ooh, right, left, maybe yeah. middle. I don't know. I'm just going to stand here until something looks good. And I'm kind of like, happy. How many people do you know started a degree and never finished it or failed out or started a certificate or got the certificate and is no longer using yes. it? You know what I mean? Well, that's I what scares like that me. I feel that for you would have been really discouraging if oh, that 100%. had happened. I, I'm now very you easily just, discouraged. I think you did the right thing. I mean, especially with our lifestyles, too. We're always moving around and you kind of know what's next. I think you did great. I mean, I'm happy. How is grad school going? <laughs> um, it's a lot more so work. Good? It's a lot more work than I uh, than my undergrad was. So anyone who's yes. looking to go from undergrad to graduate, be mentally prepared for a lot more work. Um, for me at least, with my class I'm taking, it's just it's just an intro class to grad school. Remind you. Okay. Just an intro oh, yeah. class. I had an intro to project management yeah. where it was like, "This is software. Yeah, learn how to click buttons." Yeah. It's very much like they want you to learn how to do how everything just works. After I officially got accepted, which reminds you, it got literally accepted the day before this class started. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. It came down Sorry. to the wire because yeah. Perry knows this because Perry's a saint. We all know this. I had to do these short that. answers to get into the program mm-hmm. and – the frustrating part is that they wanted a whole lot of detail and a whole lot of, like, passion for, like, no words. It was a very small word count. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I sent it in the first time. They're like, eh, this wasn't very good. Try again. And apparently you only get three times before you get basically a month cool off. Oh. Which would put me behind almost a whole semester. Right. 
And you want to start right away. Exactly. So my second time, I was like, all right, Perry, I need you to just, just look to make sure this sounds right. Make sure this seems like it's answering the questions right with the least amount of words, but also with the, you know, the stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And got got it, sent it in. Thank you, Perry. You're welcome. And like the next day, I get an, I wake up to a bunch of emails saying, congratulations, you got accepted into your program. Oh, God. I was like not crying, but I was half awake, teary eyed. Like, oh my god, thank god, thank god, I oh was god. Also, like teary eyed, hearing you got in. I was like, oh my god, she's growing up. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like my biggest housekeeping right now is that um, I'm officially in grad school. I already hate it, and it's fantastic. Ooh. The other fun thing that's been going on in my life. <laughs> yeah. The start of grad school. Um, we got put in lockdown, like real, like back to 2020 lockdown, like. You go home, you go to work, you come home. Yeah, you can That's eat. You, you you could go on base for like stuff, like go eat on base if you really want to. But both my husband and I were trying to like, we were trying to like really minimize our contact with anything. Yeah. Grocery run once a week. We were, you know, we'd only do like very minimal out and about. I worked in an office by myself for a month. <laughs> and I only saw customers. Crazy. Um, it yeah. wasn't bad. It wasn't, it okay. was one of those things where, like, I definitely missed my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty obvious I missed some of my coworkers. So I just randomly messaged him, like, hey. And they're like, oh, what's up? I'm like, I just want to say hi. <laughs> but yeah, that's been uh, life for me is lockdown and um, school. Uh, yeah, I did the opposite of that. I got my booster shot. Oh, same. We're boosted. You were boo- I did not feel good afterwards. Really? I just slept for like the entire next day. And I had also, I went and got my booster shot and then I went to the gym and I like PR'd on a bunch of stuff. And then I came home and then the next day I literally just like was on the, like I couldn't do anything. I ordered in food. Like there was plenty of food in my house. I ordered it in. I just would just fall asleep and then like wake up and then just fall back asleep see i didn't i didn't have almost any effects and i i purposely got mine done on a friday because i've been off this last month only on saturday to sunday so i purposely Mm -hmm. got it done on friday so i had saturday and sunday if if i had that like atrocious effect of like i hate my life i'm tired i'm exhausted or like i'm sore Mm -hmm. or sick i could literally just hide in my house and like i felt perfectly fine i think the only thing i had was this like almost like brain fog feeling where like I yes. felt like fuzzy is the proper yes. term. I would not say like as if you were like kind of high on painkillers from the hospital situation, but very fuzzy. No, just like gro- like a little groggy almost. Oh, like, like after waking up from was- Benadryl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that was a day originally we were supposed to record this episode. And I texted Shannon. I was like, I can't. Like, I literally cannot do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, so I did that. Happy um, February, then, everyone. Oh, I have one more story I really Ooh. wanted to tell you because it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. It's not really housekeeping. This is just like a new section called the dumbest thing Perry's done. Um, <laughs> the new section we add to our housekeeping. <laughs> the new section. Honestly, I have some dumb things I've done. I don't know why people trust me with anything. Um, so after I got boosted, I met my friend Amanda in Vermont, right? Ski vacation. KKK, cool, cool, cool. Um, but the thing about us is that we actually do a lot of stupid things with her and uh that's the we best were friend. doing a glade which for those of you that don't go skiing or snowboarding know what that is basically glades are like ordained 
forests you can snowboard through. Okay. So they'll be like the trails and then like between the trails is like the trees. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll have like carved out sections Mm -hmm. where you could actually snowboard in between the trees and kind of like weave your way through. It's definitely way more advanced. It's pretty fun. The problem though is we went to the glade that was along the boundary line of the mountain. Uh, So we're in the woods snowboarding and most mountains have a yellow rope that Mm -hmm. mark their boundaries. Makes sense. This one didn't. So after a while, we noticed there weren't really that many tracks in front of us anymore. We were just kind of like snowboarding on fresh powder through trees that were getting thicker and thicker. Um, And then eventually we get on a trail. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. We're on a trail. And my friend Amanda, who hikes, recognizes that the little spots on the trail are actually hiking trails. And based on the little bit we know about the mountain, we are nearly two miles away from the base lodge <laughs> at this point. Kudos. So <laughs> we we couldn't do anything about it. So we followed the hiking trail down to the hiking parking lot, which is one mile and three quarters away from where we need to be. What? And that's not the stupidest thing I did. So the stupid thing comes next. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. All we can do is walk. Like, that's our only yeah. option. Like, it's less than two miles. Like, it's going to be bad because we have to carry our snowboards yeah. and walk uphill, right? Because oh. this is a snowboard mountain. So it's kind of up and downhill. So we all walk up the first hill. And then I see it starts to go down again. And I know what she's thinking. I just, I can read her mind. And I'm like, Amanda, absolutely not. She goes, listen, it'll take less time. I'm like, I don't care. She goes, Perry. We're a mile and a half away. We need to make up this time. I'm like, okay. So because this is Vermont and there's snow everywhere, there's like snowbanks on the sides Mm -hmm. of the roads. Yeah. So we bind back into our snowboards and start snowboarding down the side of the road on a twisty mountain road where it's like, I don't know, three feet of space. So you can only point your foot down and go. And if you have to slow down for any reason, you basically just have to fall backwards or you can fall into the road and die. So we did that. Till we got to the base of that mountain, like that hill, and then we had to walk up a very steep one, and then uh, dude all over, and then it was like two more turns, and then we were there. So I snowboarded probably like close to a mile on the road, basically, um, because we were too stupid to follow the boundary lines. Wow. So (laughs) that's my story. (laughs) Oh my god, great gravy! Yeah, sorry, housekeeping is long this week. Um, Yeah, we just haven't. We're catching up. You guys get to be a part yeah, of that when you get away from the mic. Thank you. Sorry, my cat is being uber needy today. She suddenly decided I that I'm not allowed to be at my desk without her in some form of capacity. If it's not her on the back of my chair playing with her tail, she's trying to sleep on the keyboard. You know, yeah, living that so cat life. If we hear a little Winry sounds, we won't mind those. I guess we will uh, send our way into our next normal yes. part, which is our NMR. Mm-hmm. This is something that might be a reoccurring one that once in a blue moon we want to break out. Uh-huh. This week's NMR is seasonal recipe. This could be a go-to for especially right now during this winter time. Let's do something seasonal. So, uh, Perry, do you have any good seasonal recipes? I do. It's it's not warm, uh, okay. but it's like my favorite thing to bring to a Christmas party. Uh, 
because it's super easy for one. And I've never met anybody that doesn't like it for two. What you need is a jar of red pepper jelly. You can either get it spicy or not spicy. Okay, I like it sweet personally. You take one of a jar and then you throw in two blocks of cream cheese and then you whip it and then you serve it with Ritz crackers and I swear it is like addictive. It is the best thing I've ever had. Sounds amazing. I would try it. So that's, yeah, that's my go-to. What about you? It is a pumpkin soup. It contains no dairy. It is a vegan recipe. Okay. So it only contains fresh pumpkin. So it's like an actual, like, you can buy the actual pumpkin, which here in Japan, it's not hard to get, like, the Japanese pumpkins. Slice Mm -hmm. that baby up. You put it in with uh, vegetable broth. And you just add a can of coconut milk after it's been cooking for a while. Um, I think I saute some onion in there, some garlic, some ginger, salt, pepper. And once you kind of get it kind of cooked down, you take a hand uh, hand blender. Mm-hmm. In my house, we call it a zhuzhur because, you know, sometimes- Oh, I call it a zhuzhur too. Yeah, you know, when words escape your mind. You zhuzh it. You zhuzh it down. And then you yeah. have this very, really warm, like cozy soup. That, in my opinion, doesn't really... The most amount of work is probably cutting up the pumpkin itself. Just comment your favorite seasonal recipes, oh. whatever they are. It could be any season, you know? Just let us know what you what you bring to a party, for sure. Or yeah. what, what reminds you of Christmas or something, you know? Um, the next thing is shareables. I know we've already done them in a few other episodes. So, Perry, do you have anything you want to share this week? I do. I So, I've, I've been doing this thing where because my mental capacity is just exhausted right now from making last minute life changes and trying to adjust for those, uh, I've been watching Psych a lot because it's like a comfort show. But that's my new thing. The new thing I've been watching is Dr. Pimple Popper on Discovery+. Plus. Oh, my God. It brings me life. See? It's so gross. I love it so much. So, my shareable is definitely not like that. It is a show that my husband came across on Netflix. So, another, like, kind of hidden gem situation. It's called Tear Along the Dotted Line. It is an origin- originally an Italian adult cartoon, or it's an adult animated show. It is an offbeat, dark comedy. So, it's one of those things where it's probably only, I don't know, like, eight episodes, eight episodes long. No, I take that back. It is six episodes long, and they're ranging from, like, 15 minutes to 20-minute episodes. Oh, so it's real quick. Be mentally prepared for it. It is not a happy-go-lucky, like I said, it's a dark comedy. It looks at a situation that we have talked about in the past, but brings a little bit of humor to it from someone's perspective. But it's a very good show, though. I really, really liked it. We watched it. At the end, I was just like, this was really good. Like, this was... Something I want to share. And actually, I highly, highly recommend it to you, Perry. It's an originally Italian show. So sometimes you'll see, I think, translation's a little weird at times. You know, per usual. All right. Well, let's move on to the topic now that we're like 40 minutes in. Um, Today, this is something that Shannon came up with. And I thought it was a great idea since we are in February. And we have Valentine's Day in February. We're thinking about like love and stuff. Um, and so we wanted to kind of talk about the five love languages and more specifically, the five love languages did come out with a military edition. So between Shannon and I, we covered both on accident and, uh, we're going to bring you some really good content about kind of like what it is and our thoughts on it. And yeah. So, so Shannon, I'm going to say, I guess thoughts? 
So my first thoughts is that, like, I would have to say, like, love is hard. Like, obviously, love in the beginning, it's, like, it's fun, it's cute, you know, butterflies, you're happy, good lucky, it's fantastic. And then I feel like when you kind of come off the high of love and you kind of get past, like, the newlywed stuff, Mm -hmm. that's where, like, you really start to learn your partner and, like, mm-hmm. behaviors and things that, like, obviously you didn't know until after you married them and you live with them. And you're like, oh, you do that. Always put your socks on the floor like a child? <laughs> really? Hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, like, marriage is hard. Anyone who tries to tell you that marriage is easy is lying to you. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just going to say that right now. No, marriage Even is easy. Even if you have a good partner. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I believe my husband's a total saint. Like, he's at times a way better person than I am. And, like, there's definitely times that I'm just, like, some days are much easier than others. And, like, and I think that's kind of important to mm-hmm. go into a marriage understanding that there's going to be your good days and there's going to be your bad days. There's going to be your rough patches. And there's going to be these these moments in your marriage that you go, wow, I understand why I fell in love with you and why I said I do. I think for me, I, I started the book by taking the quiz in the back. Yeah. And I always, I won't, we won't, we'll reveal later, but I always thought of myself as one way. Like I knew of the five love languages mm-hmm. and I just kind of like assumed based on what I like. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is totally my love language. And then I got my answers and I was like, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's very telling. Weird. Yeah. So that was really uh, interesting. But, um, we're going to kick this off with just like a little bit about the author, I guess. Yeah. Kind of like a little brief. The book. Brief overview. I'm going to make it super quick. Um, I got this information from Wikipedia, my best friend, and then also from JocelynGreen.com. The original author of the five Langu- love languages is a guy named Gary Chapman, not to be confused with Gary Young, who we talked about two episodes ago. <laughs> this is Gary Not the same people. Different guy, as far as I know. One has a degree. Started oh, actually, MLM. Actually, one of them has actually a doctorate's degree, and one doesn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So it's not even an MLM episode, and we're still. <laughs> I know. I am obsessed. Okay. So, oh, did you see? No, nope, we're not going to talk about it. I'll nope. spring it on somewhere else. Save it. So he got his BA from the Moody Bible Institute and a Master's of Arts degree. And anthropology from Wheaton College and from West Forest University. And then he received a Master of Religious Education and a Doctor of Philosophy, Doctor of Philosophy degrees in adult education from the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So he's anthropology and religious, basically. Uh, okay. A lot of, of degrees in the arts. Okay. I mean, psychology um, so he, sometimes falls under the arts anyway. Like, my bachelor's of yeah. psychology is the ba- bachelor's of arts in psychology. So, like, it makes gotcha. sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, obviously he's very religious. Um, so all of his books kind of come from that background. He wrote The Five Love Languages and published it in 1992. So it has been around my entire life, which is probably why I knew about it. And then he followed up with, like, more specific, like, subgroups, like the five love languages of, like, teenagers and, like, men and stuff. Like, I don't know how they're different, but apparently they are different. So there's quite a few love languages. It's kind of like chicken soup for the for the Christian soul or teenage soul. or Yeah, there's many different off-branches yeah, of chicken soup for the whatever soul. 
Right. So this is the five level changes of the chicken soup. And uh, he also wrote a bunch of other like self-help books kind of stuff, like forgiveness and like anger and things. Makes sense. But it is to be noted that in 2010, he actually re-released the Five Love Languages book with less religious undertones. Which is appreciated. The first, yeah, because the first one is like just all biblical based and then he released like a more secular one. Makes sense. The one that Shannon got is the military spouse edition or it's just the military life edition. It It's a f- official title. It's the yes. Five Love Languages mili- Military Edition. That's all it military is. Edition. Um, yeah. We will be posting pictures of this, of this on the Instagram yeah. as well. So if you want to take a look at it, I got my copy off of Amazon. You can sometimes get these for free at like marriage retreats or sometimes they offer them at stuff like that. I'm not yeah, saying all of them do. The library. Exactly. And then you can Very also take the quiz online for free mm-hmm. too. Yep. Um, so that book was actually co-authored by a woman named Jocelyn Green, and she helped with that, and they ended up publishing that in 2013. Um, she is a military wife, and she noticed on her first duty station, which was Alaska, so pretty remote, that there wasn't, like, any devotionals for military spouses or anything like that. And Makes her sense. being very religious, she really wanted one. So she kind of started writing devotionals for military spouses and these things really more focused on like long distance relationships you know due to deployment and everything and then like the stress of pcsing and things like that and they were all religious devotionals and then it was in like 2012 or whatever she partnered with gary chapman and then did a five love languages in the military which is really nice because you get both perspectives. You get the person mm-hmm. who lives, you know, who's walked a mile in all of her shoes. And then you also have the, you also have the gentleman who's a doctor who, mm-hmm. you know, went to school for, you know, psychology and all this other stuff. Like, you know, like it's one of those things where I think like I'm trying not to bring the religious aspect of it into this. I'm seeing it from like just a background so, of it. Like yeah. you have someone who point of view. has the degree. And then you have the person who's walked a mile in their shoe, and then they're smashing yeah. it together. So you're getting expertise from both sides of it, bringing together into a book that's less than less than I think 250 pages. Yeah, I think it's, it's like 120. Read. It's a very yeah, easy read. Sure. I've actually been reading it from cover to cover, so I can mm-hmm. actually get a much deeper understanding of each thing, which we'll go into in the next section. Yeah. But I I think it's very smart. I think it's very smart to take someone who's walked a mile in the shoes of of the group you're talking about because. I don't know about you, I wouldn't take it serious if there was not someone who's a military affiliated of some extent to it. I'm sorry, maybe that sounds mean, but. Well, I mean, I feel like most people don't spend a significant amount of their marriage away from their spouse. I feel like people that are are married to like long haul truckers, people that work on oil rigs. And like, that's about it. I mean, otherwise, most people see their spouse every single day. And I know her spouse deployed a lot. Jocelyn Green's spouse deployed a lot. So she wrote a lot of it from that point of view, because a lot of the the differences, uh, and we'll get into a little bit later, you have to get creative in the ways that you're going to express your love to your spouse if they're not next to you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But Shane, you want to talk about what exactly are the five love languages? Okay. So the basis of the book. And it, it is five love languages, meaning that not everyone accepts or wants love in the same ways you're possibly your partner. And one thing that I thought was very unique 
and the wording of the book is that they refer to love as almost like a tank, like almost mm-hmm. like a gas tank. And when your love tank is low, you're not happy. Mm-hmm. But not everyone needs the same fuel. Right. So that's kind of where friction can come from in the marriage. So the five, like the five languages themselves is words of aff- affirmation. Affirmation, yep. So it is, for an example, it would basically be telling your partner like, oh, I'm really proud of you for doing really good on your paper or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be something in my house that'd be said. <laughs> yeah. You look nice today. You're such a good mom. Things like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Dinner was really great tonight, honey. Thank you. I sincerely appreciate it. And wow, thank you for making my lunch already for tomorrow. Like stuff like that, where mm-hmm. you are acknowledging it and you are saying something instead of keeping it in your head. And it also could be written too. I just Absolutely. I want to put that out there. It could be little love notes and lunches and things like that. So the other one is quality time, meaning that you want to sp- spend quality time with your spouse. And this could be something as simple as going on a walk and just talking to each other. You know, having it doesn't have to mean you're sitting down at a on the couch or somewhere and just making staring eye contact. Yeah, yeah, making gross, <laughs> creepy eye contact for two hours on end or whatever. But this means like I know for me and me and my husband in our house right now, we're really trying to practice not eating dinner in front of the TV anymore. We're actually making sure the TV's off or if not muted. And mm-hmm. I've also been trying to enforce no phones at the table. But it's it's that quality time of let's talk about our day. And that also means to actually spending time when someone's talking to you, spending full attention to what they're saying. You are actively listening to what they're talking about instead of like, yeah, yeah, honey, and you're scrolling on Facebook. Right. Because that's not quality time. I nah. know like for Will and I, we got into um, belay rock climbing, which is like – Talk about communication and trust. Like, literally, this person is holding on to your life in their hands. And if they drop you, you'll die. Uh, And you have to communicate. And they have to be paying attention to you. And it's like, I mean, for me, that would definitely count as quality time. Like, even though we're not talking about our feelings, even. Like, it's not like we're having a serious discussion. But it's it's a connection. Bonding time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the other one is receiving gifts. It could be something small. It could be something large. It could be something as simple as getting someone a card. Or getting someone something small when they deployed, like, oh, I happened to stop somewhere and I got you a really pretty necklace from a local vendor. You know, something stupid like that. It doesn't have to be like a a car. It could just be something as simple as like, oh, I saw this plushie. It was really cute. You know? I know like for Will, like, for example, I started podcasting. He just got me this really nice mic because he knew that. I want to, I didn't, it's not for something I asked. It's not something I was complaining about, but he just like bought me a new one. Yeah. Um, or he made the comment he wanted a tiny whisk. So I got him a tiny whisk. Like it, again, best, like it could way. range from an expensive piece of equipment yeah. or it could be something really tiny that it's just like something like, oh, I saw it and yeah. I thought of you. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't know. I, I always do that. That's like, I don't know. That's kind of how I am. I love actively listening for like little cues like that. Yeah. I always joke with friends telling like my coworkers in particular, I'm like, you know, if I like you, if I, if I listen to what your coffee order is consistently and I start bringing you your favorite coffee order, not to suck yeah. up to you, but that's just because I'm like, oh, they always order like a nice mocha. Have nice you mocha. heard those stories about how like the old town man like befriends the crow and the crow brings him little shiny gifts from time to time? Like that's kind of you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're like, I saw this and I thought you'd like it. 
I mean, it's basically your care packages in a nutshell. I know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, if I had to guess what your love language is, I'd be like, it's probably that, but we'll see. <laughs> I love to give. I don't know why, but I love to give because, like, I yeah. don't know. I just, I don't know. Let's just who I am, I guess. Yeah, so the next one is active service. This can literally just be helping out. Like, something as simple as, like, they just do dishes. Or they help with laundry. Or they help run errands. Or, like, it's just an assistance of a service that has to be done. So, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just simple stuff. Like, to me, it seems like simple stuff. I could be totally wrong and totally off base for saying simple things. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I think it could be really anything small. Like, typically... I feed the cats in the morning Mm -hmm. because they scream at me. But if Will Mm -hmm. gets up before me and and feeds the cats or if, you know, I take Will's car or something because I know he's low on gas and I'll go and I'll fill it up for him. Yeah. It could be anything like that. Or it could be planning an entire Bahamas vacation and surprising them with it. Like that Mm -hmm. also could be an act of service. Yeah. Another one, the last one is physical touch. So this can be something as simple as hugging, kissing. This does not always mean... It's touching, but not necessarily meaning sexual. Yeah. So keep in mind, a lot of these that we were talking about is not in a sexual manner. This is all in like, you know, I guess a bonding right. way without it being sexual because- uh, Platonic too. Yeah. Or just um, agape love. It's like the all-consuming love, not like the eros love, which is the um, the sexual one. And then what's the other one? Phil and something. Sure. I don't know. Sure brotherly love basically i don't know but either way it's these are not meant to be in like the sexual manner it's like it's right. just you know because like i hate to say is not many long-lasting relationships can uh be strictly off of sexual like eventually right. it's gonna run dry and things are not gonna get stale and boring but you're gonna have to fall back on a basis right. of something yeah it could be hugs it could be hand holding it could be cuddling at night it could be so many different things so. one thing that's always kind of i don't necessarily know if it's concerning in like in general or the military, but, like, I don't know about you, Perry, but I know quite a few people in the military that have gotten divorces. Like, all of them? Yeah. (laughs) And I think one thing that's kind of good about books like this, you can read this book and not necessarily be on the verge of a breakdown or on the verge of a divorce, but it's a good thing to kind of, like, read about and put it in your back pocket and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. wow, I didn't realize my husband's local language is, um, you know, quality time. Mm-hmm. I should start spending some more quality time with them, to make, you know, to make things not better, but better, I guess, lack of better words. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Gotcha. In, like, perspective, so U.S.-wide, the divorce rate is 2.7%. The idea that it's 50% is is totally made up. Uh, I don't know where people get that numbers from, but I remember being told that as, like, an 11-year-old, and it's not true. It's not so, 2.7%. As of 2020, per the CDC.gov, because apparently they track marriages and divorces. Someone has to. I don't know. I feel like they have other things to be tracking right now. Nah. Um, <laughs> but so in the military, it is higher, and it's actually 3 to 3.1% on average, which doesn't seem like that much higher. But what's interesting is that females who are in the military are actually twice as likely to get divorced. Hmm. According to the military.com, quote unquote, the divorce rate among female troops, both officer and enlisted, is historically much higher than that of their male counterparts. For example, the divorce rate among female soldiers is close to triple that of their male soldiers at 7% compared to 2.5% in the Marine Corps. There's also a pretty big discrepancy between the enlisted 
families and the commission families. So the military.com goes on to say that the overall divorce rate is also higher for enlisted troops at 3.5%. I think 3.5% is like army maybe. Like they're talking about specific maybe. branch. Um, compared to the divorce rate of officers, which is 1.7%, which is wow. actually lower than the average. And that is regardless of gender. Um, and I saw in one source that out of all branches, the Air Force actually has the highest rate of divorce. Which is but shocking. But I couldn't I, I, couldn't I would have find expected it, to be a different branch. I couldn't find any other sources to back that up. So that's mm-hmm. just like what one website said. Yeah. So I don't know if that's actually true. But yeah, that's kind of why... We want to look into it because if, I mean, female enlisted or just female military members, okay, if you are three times as likely as any other regular female to get divorced in the U.S., I mean, this is something that, you know, maybe you could look into earlier on and get a better solid foundation for this relationship. And and so that's kind of something why, why we want to talk about this. I mean, like, not all marriages are doomed, and also not all marriages are perfect. Sometimes people do jump into marriages, and they don't really know each other prior to getting married and living together. So, like, I don't know about you, Perry, but, like, the first year of living with, like, I should probably say the first six months of living with my husband was a really weird time of learning how to be married first, and then second, learning how to coexist when I grew up in my mom's house my entire life. Really funny, funny example here. My mom is a tree hugger through and through. She's very mm-hmm. much like we recycle in this house. We do this mm-hmm. very, very, very tight on like stuff like that. And it was kind of funny because I remember when I moved with my husband, we had a recycling bin. It was a blue bin. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it has barely been used or whatever. And But I happened to notice that there was like a tin can from like a can of beans or whatever was thrown in the trash. And I looked at him like, what are you doing? And he's like, throwing it out. And I'm like. That's supposed to be recycled. It was like, it was that or like a glass jar or something that was meant to be recycled. And he's like, do people really do that though? I'm like, yes. (laughs) And like. Maybe not a house full of men, Sean, but yes. But it was one of those things where it's like, it was a weird transitional time because you don't want to be mean to your spouse and be like, what are you doing? But at the same time, you have to learn how to coexist. Mm -hmm. And there's funny moments that like, now I look back on and I laugh at because like, now we've been married for Actually, February marks we've been married nine years, which is whoa. <laughs> yeah, we would yeah. have a, if if we got pregnant when we got together, like when we got married, we would have a child in, in like in elementary. Which we always joke yeah. about, like if our marriage was a child, where would this child be in its life? I don't know if that's a weird thing to do. <laughs> no, it's not at all. I was like sitting on the couch. I did not want to get up and like do something. Yeah. I was like, I would let Murphy out. I just turned to Wells, like if we had a kid when we first got married, that kid would be old enough to take care of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I think about it too. <laughs> but like it's one of those really interesting things, I think, that like when I look back at like the first stages of like when we got married and like learning how to live together, learning how to do things together to like how things are now, it's like we definitely work a lot better as a much more well-oiled machine opposed yeah. to two 21 year 21 22 year olds looking at each other like I don't know what do you want to do? I don't know what do you want right. to do. You know, it's very much like okay, this is the routine. This is what we got to do like now, you know, Sean normally feeds the cats. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who's like, okay, I will make sure this gets done. You know, it's like it just kind of right. works really well that way. But I think that takes time. Yeah. And I also think there's like, I won't say everybody, but a lot of people will look at their parents' relationships and that's the expectation for how things are going to go. So if one person comes from a very like 
traditional aka patriarchal society kind of like viewpoint of like okay i'm gonna go to work and you stay home and you take mm-hmm. care of everything but then your parents maybe your mom was the breadwinner or maybe you were a single mom like your was a single mom or whatever and that that power shift whatever you want to call it is yeah. different it's gonna be really hard to come together because i like i've seen it's this growing pains uh, yeah, where like the man might be like, oh, I don't want to help you with housework. And you're like, excuse you, this is your house. You live in it. It's not assisting me. Yeah. It's just doing the thing. And I think that's something that like me and Will still talk about. I'm like, I'm not asking you to do chores. I'm telling you the house is dirty. You won't own this house with me. We are co-owners. We are yeah. cohabitators. It is not my responsibility to take on all the chores and delegate them out to you. It is not helping me. It is not assisting me. It is you living a not disgusting human being life. Well, actually, funny thing, getting back to the book, like, remind you. Yeah, back to the book. No, 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 you're all good. I'm (laughs) actually, I'm going to be able to actually segue this really well. Perfect. When you actually, like, when you sit down and read the books, like, there's actual, like, chapters devoted to each love language. They Mm -hmm. actually talk about how communication is the huge basis of a relationship and how like if you learn how to basically communicate things to your spouse and like one of the things they said i just can't remember i think it was in the first chapter basically talking about like how to explain that something needs to get done without telling your spouse like the example i think they used was like hey if you get the time this weekend can you please do the gutters opposed Mm -hmm. to telling your husband hey the gutters need to get done before they get before they fall off the damn house Mm mm-hmm and I was just like, that makes sense. Because yet again, it goes back to choose your words yeah. without it making oh, it coming sure. so it doesn't come off defensive or aggressive. These mm-hmm. stuff like this is very important. It's still a relationship. A piece of paper, yes, it does change things a little bit. But a relationship, a long-term relationship is still a long-term relationship. So stuff like this is yeah. very important to kind of read and understand. Absolutely. So here comes a little bit of the fun part. So Perry. Yes, yes. I think we should try to guess each other's love language. Okay. I have so, a big guess, and my big guess is you are a crow and you like to bring people shiny things. So I think your love language is gifts. Okay. Okay. So I was actually going to say first guess was giving gifts. Okay. Because we always we exchange gift boxes all the time for each other. And the second one was quality time. For a great example, I thought of that because of, like, your vacation with Mandy. Oh, yeah. You know, like, that's quality time with your best mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was my guess. Okay. So. Well, how, was how I right? Was? Is I yours gifts? You would actually be shocked. I am. What is it? It's actually words of affirmation. Is it really? That's at least what the quiz told me interesting but i wouldn't have guessed that i was very high up though with that and then acts of service but then i was also really really close to receiving gifts like i literally had like nine eight uh, nine eight seven oh okay so you really have very very high one that jumped out yeah so like i'm very very high up on the i like to be told you i'm doing good things Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i also like when things get done without me having to ask 15 times then i also like to receive nice, pretty things once in a while. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. what about well, you? Well, I also feel like with the questions, it was like, 
how do you want to feel love? And then I also feel like there's another side where it's like, how do you like to give love? Yes, yes. Yeah, which I've heard too that there's like two different love languages yeah. where like you're receiving and you're giving. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that's true, but whatever. It um, is. Okay, it's normally so broken that way. I I thought it was going to be physical touch because I yeah. love snuggles and I love hand-holding and I love hugs and I love everything intimate like that. It's not. It was second, but my first one is acts of service. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, but like when I was going through the questions, I don't know. I think a lot of it was just like I was just thinking about it very like, like very straight. Like okay, well, yeah. like day to day basis, what would I like? And that's yeah. just what it came out. I was really surprised. I really didn't think that's what it was going to be, but turns out. And then yeah, I do like to spend quality time. Like if you notice. Before COVID, I would just go visit my friends. Yeah. Or I wouldn't friends visit send them you. care packages. I would rather just go and see them. I don't yeah. call my friends on the phone very often. I'd just be like, hey, what are you doing next March? And then yep. I just like go see them. Yep. So I mean you flew Yeah, that was to, pretty low though. You know, Okinawa. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like I I literally flew to Okinawa to spend time with you. Like, exactly. <laughs> like that's why so. I that's why I thought quality time, because I'm like, like you make time for your friends. Yeah. So that's why I figured. When I'm not having depressive comatose states, I make time for my friends. So, yeah, it's – I don't know. I was surprised. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm the most happy in my marriage when I don't have to ask Will to do things, when he just does the things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Makes sense, I guess. I was thinking about this because it came up literally on my Facebook memories today, which most of them are super cringy and I just like to ignore. Um, yeah. But one came up. And it was, I don't remember what it was exactly, but essentially it was like nothing Nothing says I love you quite like coming out after work to a car that somebody else has cleaned snow off of. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And like I have a very specific memory. I started a new job as a dishwasher and I had not been there very long and we got, I don't know, like six to 12 inches of snow that night. And I'm always, I was, as the dishwasher, you are the last to leave, you yep. know. And one of the chefs had cleaned off my car for me. Oh. And I very specifically remember that being like this big moment of like, I feel loved and I feel accepted yeah. here. And like, I really feel like part of the family now. So I guess I'm not really surprised. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, service. like I yeah. love like when I come home to like a clean house, after like a long week for both of us, I'm just like, Oh, or like when he does grocery shopping, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. That means I don't have to deal with people at the commissary. Yeah, yeah. Is there but. any that you would say you definitely do not have? Like any that you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely not my love language. So like I feel weird saying this, but like I do enjoy quality time, but like quality time didn't sit that high for me. It was like, yeah. You know, it was it was up there, but it wasn't, like, the highest. And, mm-hmm. like, physical touch is not the highest for me either. I think for me it's just, like, sometimes I get, like, this, like, overwhelming feeling like I'm being suffocated. But, like, I love yeah. holding hands. I love holding hands with my husband. But at the same time, like, sweaty palms. Ew. Yeah, I gotcha. I wasn't shocked, but I kind of felt bad when I was like, ah, of course, touch wasn't very high. <laughs> I, I don't know. Over years, I'm just like, oh. I love a nice yeah. hug. But I also don't want to feel like I'm being suffocated, if that makes sense. That's fine. And like I'm Will's that way. He doesn't like being touched. And that was like a really hard thing for me to like get over is like yeah. I cannot touch him all the time because he like he's pro- Yeah, he's probably like a cat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's like We're- a cat when they're it's like Rue when she's not in a safe zone. <laughs> for me, 
My words of affirmation was like bottom of the barrel, like by really? far. Yeah. And I totally realized this because I noticed, I don't know, like five years ago, I stopped talking as much. I don't know why. I, maybe because I moved to Germany and I just couldn't understand people around me all the time. Chance. Also, I stopped saying things that are like obvious to me. Like if my friends came to me with like a situation, I'd stop being like, it's okay. You're stronger than this. You're, you're going to get through this. I'm like, why did I stop saying that to people? Like, even if it's obvious, Mm -hmm. you should still say it because, like, it would feel good if you heard it. So now I'm, like, trying – I'm actively trying to be, like, say nice things to people even if you think that it's obvious and you think that they know that. Like, just say it. Even if you're not sure if that's their love language, it's literally the bare minimum that you can do to let people know that you appreciate them. It's cheaper than, uh, you know, a gift. Mm-hmm. It's lazier than an act of service. Yeah. It's less open to sexual harassment claims than physical touch. So <laughs> it's like, just say like, hey, like, great job today. Or I'm really happy you're my friend or whatever. But then I was also reading in the book. It's one of those things like if that's your love language, you can tell if it's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Disingenuine. Yeah. Um, one of those words and now i'm like now i'm like double think i'm like oh shoot maybe they know that like i made myself say that but it doesn't mean i don't believe what i'm saying it just is like i have to remind myself to say it well i mean like great example like this is a mm-hmm. perfect example actually the other day like me and you commute pro- communicate the best through snap which is the weirdest thing ever i don't like we- typing <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's perfect it works know. well yeah. it works for us yeah. and this is actually absolutely perfect. Yours is not words of affirmation, but mine is. So yeah. when you snap me, almost in tears, telling me like you're so proud of me for getting into so my program, like I wasn't teary eyed until you told me you were proud of me, and I was just like, ah. <laughs> it's just good to hear. It is, and like I think like I did not see that as like fake. I did not see it as like oh she's just being like Perry. Like no, you you. I felt the sincerity in it. Oh, can I actually – can I, one more yeah. question? Oh, absolutely. We didn't write this down. What okay. do you think Sean's love language is? Oh, 100%. And it's definitely um, touch. <laughs> and yours is not. It's, I, I definitely think – I definitely think it's quality time and touch, hands down. Yeah, okay. okay. Hands down. Because, like, I know for him, like, he enjoys when we spend quality time together, like, when we do things mm-hmm. together and, like – I know for me, I have to really try to be really good about carving out time to make sure I spend it with him. So yeah, what's Will's? What do you think? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a sociopath and has no feelings, <laughs> but I think it's gift giving. And I just mm-hmm. say that because of like the example, like I said, oh, I, I want to start a podcast and he just bought me all the equipment yeah. or, you know, things like that. Like, oh, I want to go rock climbing and he'll buy me like rock oh, climbing yeah, that's, shoes. He, he like definitely that. randomly brings things in. Yeah, so he also bring, is a crow that brings shiny gifts like, mm-hmm. on occasion. And it, it will be things that I will just mention in passing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I might never think about it ever again. Uh, another example is when <laughs> two years ago when Bronco said they were bringing Broncos back. I was like, oh, my God, my dad had a Bronco growing up. And I loved those cars. I wish I had one. And then he, like, pre-bought me a Bronco. <laughs> So whenever they finally get released, yeah. then uh, I'm going to have one. But it's literally like little things. <laughs> yeah. I just mention in passing and then it like just happens. I'm like, oh, thanks. Uh, Perry, overall, yes. final thoughts on this. Um. Okay. 
So my final thoughts is I'm a skeptic because from what I read online and from what I read and like his examples of the book, mm-hmm. a lot of it is very deeply Christian based. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are classic values. They use a lot of examples of like the stay at home wife and the husband that works all the time. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt because not a lot of families have that dynamic. Not it's anymore. for heteronormative families. So that's kind of like my only thing there. And then also like neither one of those are therapists. Jocelyn Green is an author. And mm-hmm. then he does have anthropology degrees or religious degrees. But Gary Chapman also is not a therapist. Um, I don't think so. In the book he states that he does, I think, couple counseling. Couples counseling, but I don't think he went to like. Well, he's not like a psychiatrist, no kind of therapist. But so I, I could be wrong, but I want to say he does too. some extent of couple of, counseling. Yeah, but technically, but I, mm? I would say that I wouldn't take this book as end all be all. No, God, no. Because Mm-mm. for me, okay, my and this is something I talk about therapist with. If my love language is acts of service, he can't, Will can't just do the dishes and totally win me over. That is him yeah. just living in the house. You know, like you, Agreed. like you can't expect, you can't use it to do the bare minimum for that person. Like, Agreed. Oh, okay. Well, yours is physical touch. So I can treat you however I want verbally as long as I hug you enough because I know that's going to fill up your meter enough. Yeah. So if you're, Concerned about your relationship, I would suggest not only using this book no, God, to no. try to identify love languages. I would say still talk to a therapist that you like for you personally or couples counseling with somebody that you feel comfortable with because this is a tool. It could be used for good or for bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of like my takeaway. But I do think it is a cool concept and I do think I did get more insight about myself. I Okay, I'm going to say, I didn't even think about that, the perspective of someone looking at it going, oh, I could definitely just do the bare minimum and, and say, well, I'm doing what you asked. Right. So I never thought about it that way. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm a cynic. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is I mean, this is kind of the best part about having a podcast with two people on it. It's not just your opinion. It is both of our opinions. Right. And at times, me and Perry both have very aligned opinions on the same things and then there's other times we completely disagree on something and that's okay and that's the best part just wait till our next episode guys (laughs) (laughs) but like i think that's something that's absolutely beyond this is something that i've been saying for a while especially we don't get political on this podcast we all know this we don't but one great thing is like news huge example if you only watch Fox News, you're only going to get your information from Fox News same thing with CNN i don't care which one you watch nor do i want to know Right. But it, it means that you are putting yourself in, a sa- in like a room with the same people saying the same thing. You're never really going to grow. So I think okay. it's very important to get your information from other places. Like I think if you want something maybe to start, to start understanding maybe, it's not yeah. a bad idea. Um, I found when I started reading through the military edition, I did not get a super religious overtone personally. And I'm pretty... Like, you, I don't want to say, out. yeah, like, I'm very biased against a lot of that stuff because, like, I don't like feeling like religion's being crammed down my throat because I don't agree with it all the time. So I don't want it all the time. 
I understand if that someone's, you know, someone's flavor, good for you. I'm glad. Not everybody likes mocha, though. Right. Yeah. And that's just how I see it. But I do think this book is not the end all be all, like Perry said, but it's a good, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to read it. I like to believe me and my husband have a pretty strong marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I was still able to learn new things from reading this book. And like I said, we've been married almost nine years. Right. And it's not a bad thing once in a while to read something like this. You, you reading this book does not mean your marriage is in danger. Right. I like, and that's the thing, like, big I disclaimer. Also, <laughs> when I got this book in the mail, I was like, because like, I also just started going to therapy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, what's going to see that? He's going to think I'm like, gonna leave him <laughs> like i'm like this isn't for us by the way it's not because i think we're in trouble it's for my podcast i swear yeah because <laughs> i you know that was like my initial reaction but no after reading it i would say it's like it's research basically yeah like, it's not it's not like a emergency rescue no, situation it just gives you more more to think about and yeah uh, i don't know greater understanding maybe but but i mean honestly if you're having issues in your marriage Reach out to, um, on base, you have your chaplains. Mm-hmm. You have um, normally therapists. You can go through, you can go through, mm-hmm. get marriage counseling. Um, I think chaplains sometimes offer marriage counseling. I could be totally wrong. Yep. We've never personally Tried used them. for all of my therapy, which is exactly. just some chick in an office somewhere else. So yep. it is covered. There's so. nothing wrong with that. I'm like, and don't ever feel like you are letting yourself down or your marriage if you go, I think we could benefit from counseling. And you don't have to use counseling as your way to save it either. And I will say, right. though, I think therapy is probably a lot cheaper than having a baby to save your marriage. But that's just me. <laughs> My really good friend here, she tells me all the time. She goes, I was the baby that was supposed to save the marriage. And they got divorced before I was one. And I don't think my mom likes me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she's not wrong. <laughs> but I I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I know we've seen them. I won't say any more than that. We've seen it firsthand. Babies yeah, don't yeah. save marriages. And if anyone who thinks they will, I, I mean, great it example. Just watch Teen Mom. How many of those daddies stuck around? <laughs> I think the answer is one. And it's the one couple that they gave the baby up for adoption. <laughs> I yeah. swear to God. Yeah. Maybe. But they had a lot of issues, though. But they were also really young, dealing with adult issues. Yeah. Sure. But yes. Um, sure. Sorry, future Perry, for editing all this. Oh, my God. This is so long. It's you'll cut, you'll cut quite a bit right now. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. But um, fine. yeah, I guess um, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, yes. Like I said, the five love, five love languages, military edition, I think I found them on Amazon for like 10 or 15 bucks. You can yeah. buy the original. Um, I know this, these books kind of resurged in, like, probably when he redropped it again in 2013. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it kind of resurged again. Um, it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's, like, Perry says, it's not the end-all be-all, but it's a good – it's a not a bad read. And It's not, like, a research paper. Like, it's very it, – there's lost stories and antidotes and, like, questions. It's so very, it's very easy. engaging. Yeah. So. By the way, we're not sponsored by Love Language. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I wouldn't be just because I'm not 100% on board, but again, I think it's interesting. I don't know. I thought it was kind of a good topic to talk about as we're going into the month of love. Like, it's true. It's Valentine's Day coming up, guys. We have, so this is your reminder make your reservations because if you wait till (laughs) the weekend, it's all going to be booked up. All right, guys, this has been awesome. Uh, Make sure you join us in next time in two weeks for another fun episode. I am excited for it. So, all right. We'll talk to you then. Bye. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to PS We Have Orders. If you want to reach out to us, please send us a DM on Instagram at PS We Have Orders Podcast, or you can always shoot us an email at PS Orders Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you can leave us a review wherever you listen, we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, guys. Sorry, my cat. She's looking plastic because she's brilliant. <laughs> she's a Rue genius. Took a mint out of the plastic wrapping and then was licking the mint. I mean, at least she wasn't lick- licking the plastic. Wonder who been eating the plastic. But like, she was like hang, 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 on the plastic to get out, and I'm like, try- I am like on the verge of sleep. You know, you don't <laughs> like, get out of bed and toss yeah. the things to me. Go over and, and you rip it mad. out. You're like, what the heck? I won't lie. There and was, I picked there up was... the mat, <laughs> and it was already half the eaten. Pepper- the peppermint was just wet and sticky. I was thinking I was trying to do it fast. Knock it off. Oh, God. Stop it. Go. <laughs>